Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you as we have gathered here today. We thank you for every person that is here. We thank you for everyone that's watching on the broadcast. We thank you for what you're about to do today. We thank you for your blessing. We thank you for the Holy Ghost. We ask that the Spirit of God will come and move mightily in this place. We ask that the, the, the Word will penetrate the hearts of your people. For your Word is powerful and quick and alive, sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing asunder the spirit and the soul, the bone and the marrow. And it's a, thought, it's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And I thank you as your Word is preached, as your Word is taught, people receive revelation knowledge and understanding. Their minds are renewed that the entrance of your word is going to bring light into their spirits. They're going to be empowered by the word. Faith is going to rise in their hearts, and they're going to be empowered. They're going to go to the next level, and they're not only going to hear the word, but they're also going to do the word. They won't be just hearers of the word only, but they will be doers also. And we thank you for that in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, go with me to Genesis chapter 8, verse 22. I sound pretty good. Thank you, Eben. Uh, Genesis chapter 8, verse 22. The Bible says, while the earth remains, there will be seed time and harvest time. There'll be seed time and harvest time while the earth remains. Last time I checked, we're still on the earth. Are you still on the earth? We haven't been raptured yet. We're still on the earth. We're still in this earthly suit, earth body. We're still on the earth. That's what keeps us on the earth. This earthly body is what keeps us on the earth. Amen. That's what keeps us on the earth, this earthly body. And um, obviously, when your spirit separates from your earthly body, then you no longer are on the earth. But we are currently on the earth, and we're still part of this, you know, earth realm. And obviously, the earth realm also involves the, uh, the world, what the Bible refers to as the world, which is the world system. This world system is still here, um, and, it, and it's still in operation and, of course, much of the world system is not godly. We know that. Actually, the world system, generally speaking, is an ungodly system. It's the kingdom of man. It's, it's the kingdom of mammon. Jesus said you can only serve one of two masters. You'll either love one and hate the other, serve one and hate the other, or you, will, you can only serve one of two masters, either God or mammon. So the earth realm or the spirit of the world, or the world system is what is referred to as Mammon. And actually, Mammon was the name of a demon god of the Canaanites that represented greed. They had to bring offerings to Mammon, even child sacrifices. Can you imagine sacrificing your own children for the sake of prosperity, for the sake of financial gain? Can you imagine that? Can you imagine bringing your children? Come on, can you imagine sacrificing your children I mean, that's how wicked, but that's how the world system is. They, are, they sacrifice children, actually. Children, ch ch child sacrifice is a very common practice in, among the rulers of the world system. A lot of these government leaders and things that you think are these special people are actually very wicked people, very demonic people. They're part of secret societies where they actually have occult practices and they actually have secret gatherings and secret societies where they made blood covenant sacrifices to lucifer in order to gain wealth that's how they gain wealth in the world system it's all through greed it's all through corruption murder lying cheating stealing that's how the world system operates unfortunately that's that's how the world system operates amen, amen. and the world system operates on buying and selling right they literally will buy people it's called bribery They'll buy politicians, you know, and a lot of times you'll have young politicians, idealists, you know, they really want to do something good for their country, for their society, for their community. They'll get into an office, but once they get into office, they realize, man, the whole system is so corrupt, they can't really do anything. And they'll literally show up on the first day and put a briefcase full of a couple of million dollars on their table and say, okay, take the money, you, you do as you're told, you know. And, and, if, and if you don't take the money, you don't do as you're told, they'll get you out of there. They'll find something, they'll lie about you, they'll write lies about you in media, and they'll discredit you. I mean, it is, the system is so wicked, and people don't realize how wicked it is. I just know how wicked it is because I know what's going on, but for most people, they're just kind of clueless, they're just kind of oblivious to what's happening, and they don't really even think much about it, you know, and uh, so they just do 
you know, they just kind of go on doing whatever they're doing. But I tell you right now, you need to understand this. This is such an important principle. While the earth remains, there'll be seed time and harvest time. God created a law and put it into operation, a law called sowing and reaping. Okay? That's the kingdom of God operates. So when Jesus talked about you can only serve one of two kingdoms. You're either serving the kingdom of God or you're serving the kingdom of man or mammon. Right? Kingdom of darkness. There are only two kingdoms. There's no three, four, five, six kingdoms. There are only two kingdoms, right? There's the kingdom of light. There's the kingdom of darkness. There's the kingdom of God. And there's the Luciferian kingdom, which is the kingdom of man, the system of mammon. Now, what you need to be careful about as a Christian is not to operate in a hybrid system. Not to operate between both systems. Trying to do things God's way sometimes and then later on do things you know, the world's way. You can't do that. You have to do things only God's way. So you need to understand <coughs> the kingdom of God operates on sowing and reaping. Okay? While the earth remains, there'll be seed time and harvest time. The kingdom of God, come on, say this after me. The kingdom of God, kingdom of God operates, operates on the principles and on the law of sowing and reaping. Okay, so that's a law. Just like the law of gravity. I did not float off the stage. You know why? Because I'm still in an earthly body. I'm not in my spiritual body yet. Right? I can't walk through the wall right now. I can't, you know, I can't just walk through the wall outside. Jesus did that after he was resurrected because he was in his spiritual body, heavenly body. Right? I mean, I just not, I can't float because there's the law of gravity. Whether you like it or not, it's going to work. I don't believe in the law of gravity. I'm going to jump from the seventh floor. Okay, we'll see your dead body at the bottom. No, I mean, because that's how it is. There is a law in, a, in effect. There's the law of salvation. There's the law of salvation. It's called the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Who, whosoever shall confess Jesus as Lord and believe that God has raised him from the dead shall be saved. That's the law that God put into place. There is no other name given unto man by which man can be saved. There's only one name, the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. There's only one name, that's the name of Jesus. So that's the only name given to us by which we, anyone can be saved. You can't be saved in the name of Muhammad. You can't be saved in the name of Buddha. You can't be saved in the name of Confucius. He was so confused, they called him Confucius. Confucius. You can't be saved in the name of, I don't know, give me some African God's name. I don't know. There's so many. If I say Indian, that's even worse. There's like 200 million gods in India. Shiva. You can't be saved in the name of Shiva. You can't be saved in the name of any of these people. There's only one name given unto man by which man and women shall be saved, and that's the name of Jesus. Right? That's the law. That's God's law in effect. That's called the law of Christ. That's called the law of God. Amen. And so the law of sowing and reaping is how the kingdom of God operates. Now, the kingdom of man operates on buying and selling. That's why people can be bought. Preachers are being bought right now. Preachers are being bought, literally paid behind the scenes to preach false doctrine. It's happening as we speak. Part of the end time delusion. Part of the end time falling away. We got preachers preaching that homosexuality is okay. We can marry gay men in church. I mean, that's happening right now. You realize that, right? We have preachers in America saying that it's okay to have an abortion. Bible calls it murder of babies. They say it's okay. It's called, they call it pro-choice. We have to respect people's choices. Yeah, God respects people's choices all the way to hell. If you want to go to hell, he'll respect your choice. But that doesn't make it right. That doesn't make it right. Amen? So ultimately what we need to understand is, this law of sowing and reaping is an operation, whether you like it or not, just like the law of gravity, right? But there's another law called the law of lift. Thank God they figured that one out. I mean, God actually created that because birds have been flying since the beginning. But about a little over 100 years ago, man finally figured out how to make wings and put them on an airplane so I was able to fly from America over here. Otherwise, I would have had to take a boat and I'd still be on a boat for three weeks. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine? It used to take like three, four weeks to travel from one continent to another, you know. 
Amen. Thank God they created an airplane and I could fly here and get here in an 11-hour flight from Miami International to Istanbul International. And thank God, you know, still a little too long. <laughs> Subsonic, I, I wish we had that supersonic and get here in three, four hours. Be nicer, but... But you understand what I'm talking about. So the law of lift allows you to break out of the law of gravity to a certain degree, obviously, because you can only go within the atmosphere. Then if you want to go outside of the atmosphere, you're going to need to have another law in operation. You're going to have to, you can't use wings, but you have to still use the law of lift to, you know, to have rocket boosters to propel you, to break through. Because yeah. something's pulling you down and you've got to break through. How many of you want to break through? See, poverty by design, the world system is designed to keep everybody in poverty. Except maybe the small percentage of the elite at the top that want to keep all the power and the money. The whole system is rigged for them to succeed in the world system. Do you understand me? The, the, the system is rigged. The rich don't pay taxes. The rich don't go to jail. Come on, somebody. Oh, yeah. Why? Because money answers all things in the world system. They pay people off. They lie. They cheat. They pay off judges. They pay off politicians. They, they change laws by paying off politicians. They got lobby groups to get what they want. Come on. So the system is rigged against us in the natural, the system of mammon, because it's designed on buying and selling. Right? As a preacher, you do not have any money you don't have enough money to shut my mouth. You, have, you can give me $10 million and it's not going to change a thing I say. Right? Hey, if I give you $10 million, $10 million, Pastor Corey, will you marry gay men? Absolutely not. It'll be a cold day in hell. You can take your $10 million and stick it up your nostril. I'll, I had to be nice. I was thinking about another place to stick it. You don't have enough money to change what I believe. Why? Because money cannot save me. It's the blood of Jesus that saves me. I've trusted in the blood of Jesus to save me. Hallelujah. And, and if I've trusted in the blood of Jesus, who is Jesus? He's the Word. And I have to trust in, his, in God's Word. So what you have to understand is, as long as the earth remains, there will be seed time and harvest time. Because that's how the kingdom of God operates. The kingdom of God, the blessing of God that maketh rich, right? It's the blessing of the Lord that maketh rich. Come on, say this after me. The blessing of the Lord, the of the Lord makes, me makes me rich, and he will add no sorrow into my life. Right. God has no sorrow to add. He's not a sad God. He's a happy God. He sits in the heaven and heavens and he laughs. Amen? So if he's a happy God, come on, somebody. What does he have to add? Joy. He's going to add joy into your life. Hallelujah. So if the kingdom of mammon operates on buying and selling, we realize where that's leading us, right? Anybody ever read the book of Revelation about the mark of the beast? Huh? Right? What's going to happen? It says, in the last days, they'll be a beast that will rise out of the seas and another beast that will rise out of the land. Beast is symbolic of a system. And beast represents the nature of a system. Beast is vicious, right? Beast will tear you apart. Beast is, is strong. Beast is vicious. Beast is wicked. Beast is merciless, right? So the system is going to be like a beast system that's going to crush people. Anything that stands in its way, it's going to crush it. Nobody will be able to stand against the beast. And the beast will require everyone to worship the image. Image of the beast. What's in an image? I mean, images are everything, right? Our church has a logo. That's our image. That's our brand, right? Countries have flags. Monies have different images. I mean, images are important. They represent something. They're symbolic of something. So the image of the beast is what symbolizes the beast. And people will be forced to worship. Now, worship doesn't just mean, you know, okay, here's the image of the beast. I'm going to bow and I'm going to worship. No, that doesn't really mean that. You can be worshiping something without even bowing before it like that. 
What does that mean? What is, worship means to have an affection, to love something, to value something. Jesus said you can only serve one of two masters. You'll either love one or worship one and hate the other. So if you worship money, you hate God. See, if the love of money is the root of all evil. Loving money is worshiping money. When money is everything, it's all about money. i got to get my hands on more money. It's all about money. Money is going to make me happy. Money, 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 whatever. If money becomes an idol, you're worshiping it. And it doesn't necessarily mean, I worship you, almighty money. I worship you, almighty dollar. No, you don't have to be singing that. It's a heart attitude that you have. It's a heart attitude that you have towards money. Money is a tool. Just like this microphone is a tool, just like this uh, uh, iPad is a tool, or this phone, just like this drum is a tool. We use it to make sound. This one you use to make phone calls. This one you use to, to speak and amplify. Every different equipment and tool has a different purpose. Money is just a tool. And it can do many, many, many things. But it's not the end all be all. It's not what you need. Money is a means to the actual things you need. You can't eat money, you use money to buy food. You can't wear money, you use money to buy clothes to wear. So money is something in between to the real thing that you are trying to get to. But when it becomes about the very thing in the middle and everything becomes about money, then things begin to get corrupted in how you see things, in your vision. See, we have to be mission-oriented, not money-oriented. It costs a lot of money to put this place together. And even while we were doing it, I had people say, oh, we're spending too much. Do we really need to spend this much? Actually, we didn't even spend what I wanted to spend. Well, do we really need to spend that much money? Well, their church is spending millions and millions of dollars. Their church is spending $100 million. Why shouldn't we? No, I had opposition. People within the congregation. Yeah, I had people leave the church because we got this place. Can you believe that? They were happy being in a little small place back there. That's why I've been preaching that series about the mindset of leaving Egypt and going into the land of promise. And that was, a, I, I told you, you heard my messages. Separation is coming. People who could not make the transition into the new level left us. They left us offended. Criticizing behind the scenes, running their mouth, saying to people, oh my God, we're spending so much money. What if we can't make the budget? What's going to happen to the church? What will happen to me? What will happen to Pastor Corey? It's none of your business. I was here before you came and I'll be here after you leave. I was here 23 years ago with my wife in one suitcase. Staying in other people's guest room. Starting the church in a hotel. Even then people were saying, he came to take our money. You mean your two bucks? No, seriously. We had to, I had to pay $100 to the hotel in Taksim. Right? I, I received the offering. I go straight after. I count the offering, $27. So I reach into my pocket to add $83 to pay the hotel so we can come back. So they would let us come back the next Sunday. That's how we started, uh, by faith. People thought I'm receiving offerings and thousands of dollars are coming in and I'm taking all the money. He came from America. Why is he receiving offering? He should be giving us money. I am giving you money. You don't realize it. I'm paying the hotel so that you can come and be blessed by the Lord and get touched by the fire of the Holy Ghost. But it's all about mindset. You got to get out of that stinking thinking. You got to get out of that. It's that poverty mindset that's going to hold people back. And what it is, is it's all money-based instead of mission-based. Jesus wants us to be about mission. He said, I am about my father's business. He was not about money. He was not about chasing money. He was about his father's business. Amen? Amen. He was about his father's business. Yeah. So you're either going to operate in the kingdom of man which is buying and selling and that's what the mark of the beast is about you realize that right you will not be able to not you we won't be here well unless you backslide so i'm warning you don't backslide because you'll be you'll be left behind and you, you, you you'll have to deal with the beast 
Just letting you know. Don't backslide. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, don't backslide. <laughs> Jesus, help. <laughs> don't backslide, man. Because you'll have to deal with the beast. You, would you like to deal with the beast? Uh, no. Because they say, if you don't worship him, he will cut your head off. What's happening? Oh, okay, fine. I mean, it's fine. I we'll, 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 we'll add some other lighting here. We'll get this area lit. Because, you know, we're the kind of church where you, you're not just stuck on the pulpit. You've got to be down here walking around and whatever. So, okay. <clears throat> so, ultimately, what we're talking about here is you're either going to operate, you're going to operate in one of two systems. The, if the kingdom of God, if the kingdom of God is sowing and reaping, then you need to understand how money will operate according to kingdom principles. Money has to be, become seed for it to be sown, right? So that there could be a harvest on the money. Because anything can be a seed. A shirt can become a seed. You can give a shirt, you'll get back a shirt or more shirts. Press down, shaking together, running over. Better shirt. You can give back shoes. You can give... I've given cars. I've given equipment. I've given things. I, there was a year I paid a pastor's rent because he was unable to pay his house rent and he was starting a church. I paid his rent. And at the end of the year, when he had an opportunity to stick up for me, he didn't, which is fine. But I didn't do it. I didn't do it onto man. I did it because it was my seed. I've helped people who didn't, who ended up Treating me bad. Anybody done that before? You help people and they end up... Guess what happens? All the time. I mean, being a pastor is not an easy job. You go through all kinds of betrayals, all kinds of stuff. You help people. They, they walk away from you, criticizing you. Like, oh my God. It's like, what have you done for me lately? Well, Ten years I helped you. Now, you know, and now they want to come. They want to help me. I said, no. You know what? Actually, this time I'm not going to help you. The Lord wants you to do something for yourself. It's time to grow up and... And actually do something for yourself. But anyways, that's besides the point. So the kingdom of God operates on sowing and reaping. The kingdom of man operates on buying and selling. Now, of course, who's in business here? Who has a business? You have a company. You buy and sell, right? You cannot operate your business on sowing and reaping. You can actually. There will be times when God will ask you to bless people, you know, but obviously, if you're operating a business, you got to have profit. You can't just break even. you got to make profit. So what does that mean? That means your income has to be higher than your outgo. That means you have to be selling more than you're buying. You buy goods, you sell goods, whatever you do, or you provide a service. So that's the system you're going to operate in. But you got to do it with honesty and integrity. No false weights and balances. God detests false weights and balances, right? So you've got to do it with integrity. You're not going to lie, cheat, and steal. You're going to do things with integrity as a Christian business person. So you're going to operate in that realm of buying and selling. But that can't be the only realm you operate in. When it comes to kingdom things, you have to operate on sowing and reaping. Because as long as the earth remains, there'll be seed time and harvest time. Amen. See, when God created Adam, remember what he did? He blessed him, right? He breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. He blessed him, said, be fruitful, multiply or increase, replenish the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, everything that crawls on the earth and everything that's on the earth, have dominion over whatever I placed on what? The earth. As long as the earth remains... That means we have dominion. But a part of dominion is to be fruitful and to multiply. Guess what? You have to have something to multiply. You do not get fruit unless you have a seed. Right? You can, listen, listen now. You can count the seeds in an apple, but you cannot count the apples in a seed. Let me say that one more time. You can count the seeds in an apple. You eat an apple, open it up, you might find three or four seeds. You can count the seeds. But from one apple seed, you have no idea how many apples you can get. It could be thousands of apples. 
over such a long period of time. So the power of the seed, right after God spoke the blessing over Adam, right? That was verse 28, Genesis 1:28. If you look at 129, what did he say? What did he say? Behold, I give you seed. For you, it shall be for food. He didn't say, I opened up a bank account. I deposited money in there. Now you have a debit card that you can go to Migros and you can shop for apples. There was no such thing as money. There were no banks. There was no money. There was no medium of exchange. All of that man created as a part of man's system. And, it, and it's a part of the system of mammon, which is a system of greed. People think that banks are there for, to help them. Banks are not there to help you. Bank is a business. How does a business make money? They have to make profit. Banks make profit. We had a large check given to the ministry in West Palm Beach. I went to the, the, the check scanner, wouldn't scan it. It was too big. That's a good problem they have when the check is too big and the check scanner at the office wouldn't scan it. So I had to personally go to the bank to deposit it. And the lady looks at the check. The bank tells you, I have to call the manager. I said, go ahead, call the manager. Too many zeros, she said. I said, go ahead, call the manager. The manager comes. She's looking at us. It's real. She's looking at it. I mean, it's like, you know, they just looked at me like I'm some kind of criminal. I said, it's good. Deposit it. We deposited it. I deposit. She says, it will not clear for two weeks. I said, really? It'll actually clear the next day. It'll actually clear that day. But you know what the stinking bank does? They sit on the money before they actually make it go on your account because they use that money to make money. They, made, they probably made 10 times money on my money. You know why? Because they show it on the books and because of the... The, the wicked fractional reserve banking, which is really money multiplication. It's called fractional reserve banking. That means whatever they have in deposit, they can loan up to 10 times more money than what they have in deposit. So they immediately take your money and multiply it 10 times. They took my money and they loaned out millions of dollars probably to people buying houses or getting loans or whatever. And then, of course, so they literally loan money they don't have. And they charge interest on loaning you money they don't even have. It's called multiplication. See, they're operating on the system of multiplication, but it's mammon. And then you got Christians going to the bank begging for money to loan money. Can I get money? And instead of going to God and understanding how God will multiply their money, if the banks can multiply it 10 times, guess what? Jesus said 30 times, 60 times, 100 times is the multiplication you can get in the kingdom. So what's going to happen is when the beast system comes into effect in the last days, again, like I said, thank God you won't be here unless you backslide. So make sure you don't backslide. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't backslide or you'll have to wrestle the beast. So what happens is, Bible says, people will have to take the mark of the beast in order to be able to what? Buy and sell. In order to what? Survive. Because they have a survival mentality. I got to survive. And then the Bible even tells us people will betray one another. Brothers will betray brothers for the sake of survival. Think about that. People will betray one another for the sake of survival. How wicked is that? They'll turn people in. They'll turn in their own brother. They'll turn in their own mother. My mother didn't take the mark. Just letting you know. They'll become snitches. Because it'll, become, it'll all be about selfish greed and survival. You've got to get that, that spirit, that mentality rooted out of your life if you're going to begin to operate in the kingdom and prosper in the kingdom of God. Kingdom of God operates in sowing and reaping. As long as the earth remains, there'll be seed time and there'll be harvest time. Go to 2 Corinthians 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9.
Verse 6. Remember. Remember this. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't forget. Don't backslide. <laughs> but this I say, remember this. He who sows sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he who sows bountifully shall also reap bountifully. Think about that. Sowing and reaping. You sow little, you reap. Thank you for two of you that figured that out. The rest of you didn't pass math in second grade. Let's try that one more time. You sow little, you reap. Thank you. You sow much, you reap. Thank you. Very easy. Why? Because seed time and harvest time. So the amount of seed also determines the amount of the harvest, right? Because it's sowing and reaping. And then verse 7 says, Lord, so let each one, are you one of the each one? Yes. Okay, turn to your neighbor and say, you're, you're one of those each one. So let each one give as he or she purposes in his heart. So there has to be a purpose, right? There has to be a purpose. Amen. Not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. So obviously, you got to make a decision, but your giving has to have a purpose. Your giving has to be purposeful. Why are you giving? Right? Your giving has to have a purpose. Not only... Are you sowing into a kingdom vision, but you're also sowing into the vision that God has for you? Because the vision God has for you is big. And the vision that God has for you is going to require you to believe Him for some big things. Glory to God. And then attitude is important, not grudgingly or of necessity. For God loves a cheerful giver. So that means you got to be free in your giving because a cheerful giver is somebody that's free, free to give. Amen? Amen. Say, I'm free to give. I'm free to worship. Hallelujah. And when you do that, look what, what God does. And God. See, that's going to get God involved. Why? Why and God? Because you're doing it according to God's principles, sowing and reaping. You're giving with purpose. You're giving with faith. You're giving with cheerful attitude. You're giving to be a blessing, right? You're giving, believing God, trusting God. You're giving, you're releasing your faith with your seed. It's a, it's a seed faith, right? You're not just putting money in a bucket. You're releasing your faith because the currency of the kingdom of God is faith. Amen. That's why God never created money. He created faith. He told Adam to stay in faith, right? And he told Adam, don't eat of that tree of death. You will surely die. It takes faith to believe God's word and not to do what he told you to do. And it takes faith to believe God to do what he told you to do. Eat of the tree of life all you want. Eat of all the trees in the garden, but don't eat of that one tree. That's, that's, that's faith. That's testing of your faith. Do you really believe God's word? And then what, did, what does Satan do? Comes and questions God's word. Did God really say you will die when you eat? Think about that. What, is he, what was he actually doing? Questioning the word of God to see if you really believe God's word. The enemy will come to question what God has spoken to you. The enemy will come to question the vision that God has placed before you. That vision will be tested. Amen. Hallelujah. So when you do things God's way, which is what Paul is reminding, but this I say, remember this, he who sows sparingly shall also reap sparingly, he who sows bountifully shall also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. What does God love? A cheerful giver. So when you are a cheerful giver, what are you doing? You're doing it God's way. You're doing it according to the way that God wants it done. 
And when you do things according to God's word, understanding the law of sowing and reaping, being a giver, doing it in faith, doing it freely, doing it joyfully, doing it to be a blessing, what happens? And God. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you. That you, say me, me. always having all sufficiency in all things. Man, do you like that? I like that. I mean, can you imagine having always all sufficiency in all things? What is that? That, that is biblical prosperity. I don't see any, anything about lack in that verse whatsoever. It doesn't say you're going to get by. You're going to survive. He says, no, you're going to have all grace abound toward you. There's an abundance of grace so that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance. May have an abundance for every good work. May have an abundance for every good work. Think of that. May have an abundance for every good work. That's God's design. That's God's plan. When you do it God's way, that's what you're going to end up with. Abundance is God's plan. But it's going to require you to operate in sowing and reaping. You have to understand that money is a seed. It's not a need. You cannot approach money with a need base. I need money. Everything God has spoken to, 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 for me to do in the ministry that's been too big, I never had the money to do it. It's always bigger. Even when we got into this place, the budget grows. I know it. I've done this enough times. You think it's going to cost this much, and then it costs this much. I mean, I, uh, we needed another $10,000 to do some other stuff. And I started praying. I said, Lord, I call in $10,000 in the name of Jesus. We're finally there. I mean, we were paying off. And then that day, I got a text from a businessman. He said, the Lord spoke to me to give you $10,000 for the project in Turkey. I mean, that, that wasn't even, I mean, 10000 wasn't even much with what we spent in here. And it'll be the least of what we will spend in these last days. I mean, some people choke on $10,000. When I say $10,000, they choke. We spend more than that. We spend close to $200,000 in this place. People choke. And if they, you know, and, and that's the problem. If they have a poverty mentality, they can't handle what we're doing. They, get, they actually take an offense. Well, I have needs. How come the church isn't helping me? Why don't they give me money? But they're building this big place. Look at that place. Why, well, is that necessary? Isn't it too much? Couldn't we just have built something, you know, less? We, we didn't have to put all this in here. They could have given me money. No, people actually think that way. It exposes people's hearts. Every time the church goes to the next level, you spend, start spending more money. They start choking on it. They're literally choking on the bone. <coughs> you know why? Because, and, and it exposes their hearts. Because the first words that come out of their mouth, what about me? Oh, it's all about you, isn't it? It's not about the kingdom. It's about you. That's the problem. It's about you. It's not about the kingdom. Yeah, they operate on the principle of Gimme, gimme, my name is Jimmy, I'll take all you can gimme. Because they're takers, they're not givers. When somebody's a giver, they're cheerful, and they're happy to see God's people prosper, the kingdom of God prosper, the church prosper, the church go to the next level, the church accomplish more, the church to do new things, the, the church to go to new levels, come on. So if I were you, here's what I would do. The moment you walk into this place, go, thank you, Jesus. Praise Amen. God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I receive it. If I were you, I, 
I'd be laying hands on the seats. I'd be like touching everything. Well, don't, don't touch everything, but I'd be, you know, I'd be going around. At least just reach out and just say, thank you, Jesus, for all of that, what we got in here. And this is only the beginning. I thank you, Lord. I bless you. And then and you're cheerful about what God has done. And that, that shows that you have the right attitude, that you want to see the kingdom of God built. It's not about your little castle. It's about the kingdom. It's about the kingdom. And people that operate in that castle mentality, they're actually going to become sucked into and become, they're going to actually become a part of the, the system of mammon. They're actually going to be a part of that system. And people will sell their souls. See, buying and selling. They will sell their souls to the devil to survive. Just like people today are selling their soul to the devil to make money. Look at some of these very popular, famous singers and stuff coming out of America. Most of them started singing on a st church stage. God anointed them to sing, but they were enticed by the world and they sold their soul to the devil. And now they're half-naked singing demonic songs with demonic Illuminati signs and all kinds of weird demonic stuff they, they do because they have sold their soul to the devil. And they become millionaires and they got you know, millions following them on social media. They think they're a success, but they're going to go straight to hell. Because none of this stuff, none of this stuff, all of this is temporary. All of it is temporary. So... Musicians, you keep your heart right, you keep your heart pure, you're not there to be seen, you're not there to be worshipped, you are there to worship. Amen. You're not up there so people can see oh, how wonderful you are. Sing, how wonderful you are. Because it'll happen, somebody will go, oh, you sing so beautifully, sister. Have you got those compliments? Anybody ever got, oh, you play so well. Sister, you look so wonderful up there. Be careful when stuff like that is spoken in your ear. You say, it's nothing, it's not about me, it's all about Jesus. I receive no glory, he receives all the glory. I'm nothing, he's everything. I'm just an instrument. I'm just, I'm just a vessel. Because, you know, something happens when people get up on a stage and they, they get a microphone in their hand. Don't, don't let that stuff, or, or something happens when people get their hands on a lot of money. It begins to change them. I like what one of the pastors that was here yesterday said, I've known you all these years. You're the same guy. You've never changed. Amen. The more success you've had in ministry, the more money you've had, the more other things you've had, you've never changed. Because I can't let that stuff change me. And this, this is going to change me. What is this? This is, this is nothing. The next place will be five times bigger. So what's the big deal? Because it's not like, okay, fine, praise God, we finally arrived. No, it's just another step in the right direction. Because why? Because I have a mentality of growth. I have a mentality, I'm never going to settle for where we're at. I'm going to be content. I'm going to appreciate the Lord. I'm going to give Him praise. But I'm, I'm believing God for bigger things. Amen. I'm believing God for bigger things. I'm always stretching my faith out. This thing stretched my faith. And the next one is going to stretch my faith even more. And the next one is going to stretch my faith even more. So your faith always needs to be stretched. And I, need to, and I understand to get to that place where I'm stretching my faith, I also have to stretch my faith in the area of my giving. I have, to, I have to sow bigger seed to see bigger harvest. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And let me actually tell you what happened. The week before I came in November and we found this place and we made the deal on this place. The week before that I was in Tampa for the minister's conference. The uh, fall 
Ministers and Leaders Conference. And my pastor, Dr. Rodney Howard Brown, he was, oh, are we going to show the videos? Or? I totally forgot about those, but, but um, um, anyway, so he's building all kinds of stuff, millions of dollars worth. So then there was an opportunity, and I prayed. I said, Lord, I'm believing God for a building in Turkey. I'm also believing God to go to the next level in West Palm, so I need to see me to do. And then he said, I want, you know, so $10,000. Okay, so I saw $10,000. I said, okay, this is my seed. I'm releasing. We've got to see a breakthrough in Turkey because we've been dealing with all these buildings and people, and it looks like it's going to happen. It doesn't, and da, 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 da. Then once you have the word of the Lord. So I had seed in the ground when, we, when I came here. And I knew that I knew there was a purpose. I sowed that purposefully because the Lord spoke to me about what to do. When I sowed that with purpose... I knew that there was something that was going to happen. And then, of course, we come and, and then this thing. Look at the acceleration of what happened. People were just shocked at how fast this thing happened. I mean, there was another place. Two months we dealt with it. We couldn't even get to, get to go anywhere with it. And then this thing was like in two days. Literally two days we had a contract. Two days later we had people in here renovating. All supernatural, acceleration. Amen. So when you operate with the principle of sowing and reaping, you understand when God speaks to you, there's going to be a purpose. You give with a purpose. You understand how the kingdom operates. When God wants to take you to the next level, he's always going to require seed. Abraham, take your son. Your only son, your beloved son, Isaac, bring him and sacrifice him. Think about that. He, God asked for a seed. God asked for a seed. Hallelujah. God asked for a seed. So God's going to ask you for a seed. And you have to be purposeful. Part of your prayer life has to be to hear God's voice concerning what he wants you to sow. And I'm not talking about just when you come to church for an offering. I'm talking about a lifestyle of giving, a lifestyle of sowing and reaping, operating under the principles of the kingdom of God. Not, only, not operating only under the principles of the world. Amen. Because when you leave here, you're going to go eat lunch. You're going to have to buy your food. And you're going to have to pay them for the food. Because you can't walk and say, could you sow me a lunch? <laughs> or you can't say, well, I blessed somebody with a lunch last week at your restaurant, so can I reap my lunch here today from you? No, they don't understand that stuff. That's not how that operates. But when you get God involved, amen, you don't have to beg the world. You won't have to beg the world. The world will come to you. God's favor will make a way for you. There'll be a supernatural provision. There'll be a supernatural acceleration. There'll be a divine intervention in your life. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 10, now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food. Notice once again, seed comes before food. What happened to Adam and Eve? Why did they die? They ate. You eat, you die. Your life purpose cannot be eating, 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 eating. That makes you a consumer. That's exactly what the world system wants you to be. They want you to be a consumer. 
That's why we're bombarded with uh, um, advertisement to constantly buy, 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 buy this new thing, buy this new thing, it'll make you happy. Buy this new thing. You buy a phone, six months later it's outdated, now you want the next one. You got 13, now you want 14, now you want 15, now you want 16. When, when does it ever end? Never. And they actually make things so that they break down. I actually have studied, I mean, I'm an engineer. Back in the 20s, they, they actually made a light bulb that would last a lifetime. And then they realized, wait, what have we done? We only sell one time. So they actually went back and designed light bulbs so they would only have, everything's designed to have a lifespan so it breaks down or it gets outdated or it gets slow, whatever. Even Apple. It, it was discovered that they were purposefully slowing down their older versions of their iPhones with the new updates so that people would be forced to go by. The, I mean, it, it's all a scam. The whole thing's a scam. So you always have to buy, 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 because they just want you to become a consumer. One more statistic. In the millions of people, they're going to spend money and buy things. That's what they want you to do. So you have to develop, really, a resistance to buying things. There are things you want. There are things you need. You don't need to have everything you want. God will bless you. I'm not against you being blessed and having good things, but you can't live in that realm of constantly never being satisfied, buying, 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 because that's what they want you to be. They want you to just be a buyer. Guess who makes the money? Sellers make the money. Buyers just become somebody that lives in the realm of constantly buying. They're never going to break out of a middle class mentality. People that prosper are investors. They either sell or they invest. They grow money. They, they think differently. They don't buy things. They take the money. They have a resistance. Instead of buying, they invest it. Instead of buying... They take the money and they look for a way to multiply their money. And the number one way you multiply your money is by sowing in the kingdom. And then I'm going to talk on Wednesday, I'm going to talk about some strategies of how you can grow your money. I'm going to talk to you about investing. I'm going to talk to you about some of these other things. I've got to get you to expand your thinking, expand your mindset. Otherwise, you're just going to work a job, make money, and pay bills. That's going to be your existence. It's time to take things to the next level in this church. It's time to take things to the next level. It's time to start operating in a different realm, in a higher realm. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. So he will give you seed to sow, bread for food, supply and multiply, the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Amen. Multiply and increase. Multiply and increase. Multiply and increase. That's, that's what God does. He, God's in the business of multiplying and increasing. Multiplying and increasing. Multiplying and increasing. Multiplying and increasing. Man, I'm hoping I'm going to get some response here today. I really want to start preaching, but I can't because people are just kind of looking at me half asleep. I mean, if you would just start responding, I could probably start preaching a little bit better. But I, I feel like you guys are just giving me some kind of a blank stare. I'm trying to lift you out into a... I'm trying to lift you out of lack. I'm trying to lift you out of get by. I'm trying to lift you up into a realm of excess and increase and multiplication. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. And my God, I, got, I need some more volume. I feel like I'm having to scream. Give me a little more volume, guys. Hallelujah. Can I get a little bit more volume? Can I get a little more volume? All right. Okay. Because I feel like I'm in an insurance seminar here. <laughs> I, I don't feel like I'm at church. My, my voice has got to get amplified. My voice has got to boom a little bit without, you know, feeding back. But Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Tough crowd here this morning, Pastor Gagda. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say this after me. The blessing of the Lord, the of the Lord 
makes one rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The blessing of the Lord. 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 I'm blessed going in. I'm blessed coming out. I'm blessed in this city. I'm blessed in the country. Everything I put my hands to shall be blessed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, lift your hands right now. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you for your people. I decree and declare this year in 2023, people are going to break out of poverty. People are going to break out of lack. People are going to break out of just enough. They're going to get into the place of more than enough. Hallelujah. This is the year of El Shaddai manifesting his goodness. Thank you, Lord. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives. We will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Thank you, Lord. This one thing that I am sure of, you will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus, that your people are going to increase this year. There's going to be change in their mentality, and you're going to teach them. Holy Ghost, you're going to inspire them. Thank you, Lord, that they're going to have open minds to receive new ideas. They're going to have open hearts to receive strategies from heaven thank you lord they're not going to suffer lack they're not going to suffer just enough they're coming out of the place of just enough they're coming into the place of more than enough this is a sign what you've done here in this church that you brought us into this place is a sign and a wonder and everyone that connects their faith with this sign and a wonder is going to begin to see the same manifestation in their lives as the church has gone to the next level they're going to go to the next level their families are going to go to the next level their businesses are going to go to the next level hallelujah their lives are going to go to the next level their thinking is going to go to the next level the fire of God is going to begin to burn on the inside of them. You're going to put a fire on their tail. Hallelujah. They're going to begin to run with the vision that God has for them. Thank you, Jesus. They're not going to take no for an answer. They're not going to be satisfied with just little, but they're going to, be, uh, they're going to believe God for big things, for you're able to do exceeding abundantly more than what we ask or think according to the mighty power that is at work in us. And that same mighty power that is at work in us is going to take us to levels we never even thought were possible. People are going to be able to do things they didn't even think were possible and the very things they thought that they would never be able to do this year they're going to be able to do that what takes people 10 years they will be able to accomplish in one year in the mighty name of Jesus because there shall be a supernatural acceleration even in the first three months of this year there's going to be an acceleration in in January and February and March there's going to be an acceleration the first quarter of the year there's going to be an acceleration there's going to be an acceleration in the mighty name of Jesus. I tell you right now in Jesus' mighty name, get ready for what God's about to do. Those that have been faithful, those that have not backed down, those that have connected their faith with the vision of this house, those that have connected their faith with the kingdom of God are about to go to the next level. What God has done till now has only been preparation. You haven't seen anything yet. This is only a glimpse of what God is doing. This is only a glimpse of what God is about to do. There is so much more that's coming to the body of Christ because time is short. And there shall be an acceleration. And I speak that over you right now in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah, glory to God. Hallelujah, glory to God. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to God. Whatever this volume is, keep it. Because this is what I need for my volume. Okay. Yeah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Let the Lord speak to you about what he would have you do today as we receive our offering. Hallelujah. And uh, I don't need as much on the monitors. But let the Lord speak to you about what he would have you do today in this offering right now. Father, we thank you as the Holy Ghost speaks and your people obey. They are purposefully sowing into the kingdom in Jesus' mighty name. 
Hallelujah. 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 Do what the Lord tells you to do. Ask the Lord what he would have you do. If you bring your tithes, that's great. Offering on top of it. But do what the Lord has asked you to do. Amen. Amen. Praise God. All right. Ushers can come and serve the offering envelopes. Thank you, Jesus. If you need an offering envelope for your giving, lift your hands for one. The ushers will get one to you. Hallelujah. And then also, if you're watching on the broadcast, there are different ways to, to give. We have provided some links for you and some information on the broadcast. Don't just be a hearer of the word. Don't just watch, but participate. Thank you. I think I sound good on the monitors now. Don't just watch, but participate. Amen. And, and, and be a part of what God's doing. So into the kingdom, so into this vision for what God is doing here. Hallelujah. And uh, pray and ask what the Lord would have you do. Somebody say, Pastor, I don't know what to do. I hear two numbers. I tell you what to do. Rebuke the small one, that's the devil. Give the big one, that's God. Somebody said, man, I'm really confused because I'm getting three numbers. Pastor, what do I do? Wonderful. Add the three together. One is from the Father. One is from the Son. One is from the Holy Ghost. Shakarabondalabasetikia. <laughs>